Hi, and welcome to The Backlot. I'm Tova Leiter, moderator and director of the New York Film Academy guest lecture series. In this episode, we will take an in-depth look at one of my great guests and hear about his experience in the entertainment industry. And now, Eric Conner will take you through the highlights of this Q&A. Hi, I'm Eric Conner, senior instructor at New York Film Academy. And today we bring you one of the all-time greats, a true Hollywood legend, Al Pacino. Say hello to my little friend! Erica! 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 How do I show you on order? You're my prisoner, you do what I tell you to do. It's not personal, it's strictly business. Keep your friends close. If I were the man I was five years ago... Put your enemies close. I'd take a flamethrower to this place! I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. For the students at New York Film Academy in Los Angeles, getting a chance to watch Al Pacino speak about his craft was like hearing Joe DiMaggio talk about swinging the baseball bat or Paul McCartney discuss writing Hey Jude. But as Mr. Pacino explained, he's also still a student himself to the craft. He was asked about his technique, and for him, stepping up to the plate is a new adventure with every role. You developed that thing known as technique. I love the line that Michelangelo said in a poem uh, when he was doing the Sistine Chapel. He said, Lord, free me of myself that I may please you. Meaning, uh, get to that place in us where we're not censoring ourselves or trying to do it good or right, but rather connect to whatever it is we're trying to say. Become, absorb it and become it and let it come out and let the un unconscious free. And that's what, I, well, I strive for that and, and, and I rarely, rarely get it. If I do, it's for a moment or two. I, I, sometimes I'm given a role and then I'm in trouble because then I got to look at the empty canvas and I got to say, wow, I don't know anything about acting. I don't know anything about anything and just do, what am I gonna do? And you start. And the hope is that, that, that instead of figuring it out, you find it. When you look at Mr. Pacino's body of work, you notice he's drawn a lot to the underworld to characters on the wrong side of the law. Don Corleone and The Godfather, Tony Montana and Scarface, Carlito, the aged gangster he plays in Donnie Brasco, heck, Big Boy and Dick Tracy. It's reminiscent of the great gangster films from the 20s and the 30s. I'm gonna write my name all over the town with big letters. Hey, stop him, somebody. Get out of my way, Johnny, I'm gonna spit. Hey, a big guy now, ain't you shooting your mouth off in the papers? So I ran out when it got hot, huh? You think I can't take it no more? Well, listen, you crummy flat-footed copper, I'll show you whether I lost my nerve and my brains. Mr. Pacino doesn't gravitate to just any part. I had a little trouble with that word gravitate. The roles I gravitate mostly, I go home and gravitate about. <laughs> you know what it is, primarily? It's the story and the script. If I see the script has this, this light, I can really like it, but if there's no role in it that I feel I could identify with. Sometimes I've seen parts and in the theater, and somebody did, that I, I really thought, I want to do that. Hey, I did Scarface because I was here on uh, Sunset, 
and went into the Tiffany movie house. It was a movie house in those days. So I went into the movie, the Tiffany, and playing up on the big screen there was Paul Muni as Scarface. Next time I cut you in a place like that again, I'll kill you. And after it was over, I just said, I want to do this. I want to imitate him. I want to do it just the way he does it. I cut you here again. Did you hear me? I cut you here again. I'm going to wipe you all over this fucking place. Oh, do you yeah. understand, Jerry? He's worked with some of the masters of the craft, legendary artists like Stanislavski, Brecht, Strasberg. You know, I've known a lot of great people in my life, and, uh, you know, I would ask some of these people, who I've known myself, some of the people you mentioned, I just would say, what do you think about the price of eggs? Or what do you think about what's going on now in uh, a Peterson? because they were the kind of thinkers and people that no matter what was going on, they'd have their own way of seeing it. That was what was inspiring about them. That's what great people have. They say something different. That's usually what I've, what I've noticed in my life. And about acting, I sort of know that they would say that they don't know because it's about experience. It's, Stanislavski started with the theater, and that was a style at the time. Things change all the time. They're, they're moving and going, and the times change, the fashions change. What works doesn't work. Then it, this is really what it is. And most of the, of the acting you see is that we have today comes from those people, but it's a... Um, it's sort of a potpourri of all those things. Before he was ever involved in the Corleone family business, Al Pacino was a successful stage actor, including winning a Tony Award for Does a Tiger Wear a Necktie? Over the years, Mr. Pacino has bounced back and forth from stage to screen, from big screen to small screen, and he understands that each medium has its own requirements for shaping a performance. I was doing a play in New York. They were coming in to do this thing I really don't like, which is take motion pictures of the play because they're going to show it on TV in the reviews or something. And every time you see a poor actors on a stage in a play and they're on television all of a sudden, then you say, why would I want to go see that? They're screaming, you know, and they're... And they're all animated, and you're saying, where the f*** are we? Where are we? <laughs> so they were there, and I was doing a scene, and I thought, wait a minute. They were way back shooting me in the scene. And I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel how to do it. So I asked the cameraman to come close here, right here with the camera. And then what happens is automatically, after you've done it a while, you start to acclimate to the camera. And you start to know that, that it's here. So your position, because the difference between an audience and a camera, the camera is your audience. The camera is what you play to. But when you have the audience, you play to the audience. So your performance is somewhat changed by that. But nothing changes except a sense of where you are in relation to the camera so that you can think more with a camera. You can bring it down, you can make it less. 
The camera picks everything up. For instance, take this moment from The Godfather and notice how Mr. Pacino is subtly performing for the camera. Let's set the meeting. Get our informers to find out where it's going to be held. Now we insist it's a public place, a bar, a restaurant, some place where there's people so I feel safe. They're going to search me when I first meet them, right? So I can't have a weapon on me then. But if Clemenza can figure a way to have a weapon planted there for me, then I'll kill them both. In contrast, here's a moment from his performance in the stage production of The Merchant of Venice. Thank you! Bring us! Do we not As you notice in the clip, Mr. Pacino modified his performance for the stage, playing to not just the front row, but the back of the house as well. It may seem bigger, it might even seem over the top, but when you're in the audience, especially if you're in row ZZ, you appreciate what Mr. Pacino's bringing to that part, adding that grandeur to the scene. But as thrilling as stage work can be, it also presents its own challenges. I was doing a play in New York many years ago a Shakespeare play, and I was exhausted, and I was young, relatively. I was, I was, I had a hard time doing eight shows a week, and on the weekends we had like five shows. So you'd have a show, and you did the play at three, four, five o'clock. You were done at seven. You were doing it again, right? And I'm doing this soliloquy, and it's. It's long and it's arduous. <laughs> and then I think to myself, I said that line before. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute. I'm saying my lines twice. <laughs> I'm repeating myself. I say a line, then I say it again. <laughs> and the audience is looking at me. And they're being very, very kind. <laughs> because they know I'm losing my mind. And they don't know what to do. And I'm really, really scared. Really scared. It's not like I'm hearing echoes. It's like I think I'm saying it again. I'm so f***ing tired that I'm just, you know, um, then I realized I wasn't saying it. I don't know how I realized that, mercifully. And the audience didn't, <laughs> didn't know that was going on with me. One of the strangest hijack attempts to date began yesterday when two gunmen held up a bank in Brooklyn, New York. The gunmen got $29,000, but before they could leave, police moved in and the bank robbers seized eight hostages. It all ended 15 hours later at New York's Kennedy Airport. ABC's Charles Burke has the story. That long, hot summer day in Brooklyn in 1972 turned out to be the inspiration for one of Mr. Pacino's greatest films, Dog Day Afternoon. But that's not the only time he's played a real-life character. He's portrayed Jack Kevorkian, Phil Spector, and of course, Frank Serpico. Hey! It's me, Serpico! Hey, hey I'm a police officer! Police officer! Police. I'm a law officer! I'm a police officer! Jesus! Frank, how was I supposed to recognize you? I, I worked with Frank Serpico when I made a movie called Serpico, and the real Serpico and I 
became friends and, and it was a real, uh, uh, it was very important to be around this man because he's, he stimulated me, his imagination, and, and I was very um, uh, taken with that. So that's really something to access if you have it, a real person. I'm also maybe going to play Napoleon, you know, so I've been seeing him a lot lately. <laughs> but when you're acting, it's not enough just to be a mimic of a real-life character. It's also about the script, the interpretation of the character that the writer has already created. I mean, it's so much, too, is the, the screenwriter who gives you the role. That's the person you're really in contact with. When I did Roy Cohn in Angels in America, it wasn't really Roy Cohn. It was Tony Kushner's rendering of Roy Cohn, his interpretation of that character, which is a great character. AIDS, homosexual, gay, lesbian, you think these are names that tell you who someone sleeps with? They don't tell you that. No. No! Like all labels, they tell you one thing, one thing only. Where does an individual so identified fit in the food chain? In the pecking order. Not ideology or sexual taste, but something much simpler. Clout. Not who I f or who f**ks me, but who will pick up the phone when I call. Just as important for an actor to collaborate with the writer's vision of a character, he also has to collaborate with the director's vision as well. One student asked about Mr. Pacino's experiences working with directors. What, in your opinion, makes a director great? I wish I knew, you know. I, I, I wish I knew because then I would direct. But I have no, uh, I, it's, it's a, I was talking to Barry Levinson about this today. It's very hard to understand. A lot has to do with where they uh, can place a camera. Like, for instance, Brian De Palma is a great director. So I was there doing uh, Scarface with him. He directed Scarface. What, I, was, I woke up at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Florida. I remember being outside, and there's the beach and the water. And I look out and I see all these people sort of facing the ocean in a kind of semicircle, about a hundred of them looking out. I thought, what happened? You know, did, a, did some sort of large whale get washed up on shore? <laughs> and I looked and I stood up on the, on, the, on, the, on the thing to look out. And I realized at the surf, standing there, was Brian De Palma. <laughs> And all these people were just looking at him. And all he was doing was trying to figure out where to put the camera. <laughs> and I said, I'm not doing that. Imagine all these people waiting for you. Every decision on a movie, it's the director. Yeah. And there's an appetite to do that. And, uh, and also likes to get people around and likes to tell stories. If Al Pacino says it, it must be true. No matter what your role is on a film, it all goes back to story. This episode was written by me, Eric Connor, based on the guest speaker series produced and moderated by Toba Leiter. The episode was edited and mixed by Christian Hayden, produced by David Andrew Nelson, Christian Hayden, and myself. Executive produced by Tova Leiter, Jean Sherlock, and Dan Mackler. Associate produced by Vinny Sisson. A special thanks to Robert Cosnahan. Sasha Johnson, and the staff and crew who made this possible. 
To learn more about our programs, check us out at nyfa.edu. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Hooah!